We are the tide from the north. We're brave and we're bold. Defeating our rivals never gets old. Making our way to the Big Sky Conference. Watch out, cause here comes the silver and gold. Welcome back, Drive from the North Brave and Bull, to the official, unofficial podcast of your Idaho Vandals and your Vandal affiliate on the Big Sky Podcast Network. I'm your host, Chris Hammond, and joining me today, we have the professor, Brian Marceau. How are you doing, Brian? Doing fantastic, man. Good, and running the show from the shadows, producer Dammer, Dallas, how are you? I am fantastic. For anybody that's watching this, uh, the Anaheim Ducks, my beloved most favorite team in the world, are currently wearing these reverse retro jerseys that are straight out of the 1990s. Nice. They are hideous, but I love them, and I'm doing great. I, I just like how you've already bought one. That's impressive. Or is that from the 90s? That's It's reverse retro, so it's styled from a the modern take on an old jersey. Special for this season, yeah. Kind of like what Idaho is doing with the yellow. Exactly. <laughs> and our <laughs> special Clark guest, Clark. Colton Clark of the Lewiston Tribune. How are you, Colton? So, oh, I'm great. How are you guys? Good to see you again. Good. The Tubbs good. Guys. Love being on with the Tubbs guys. I know. It's been too long. We haven't had you on since, what, has. May? Yeah, that sounds right. After... Some there was some Gallic news, if I recall, just how she was handling like coronavirus stuff early, something like that. That's what yeah. rings a bell. Yeah, and then we all were like, "Oh, we might get to play football this fall." Yeah, and then it was just a wave. And of yet here we are stories, talking football all the same thing. Yeah, exactly. yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> talking about the same with a little bit of the same stuff dashed in there. They were talking about last time. I did a lot bit, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, we so <clears throat> interesting show for you all today because obviously the NAU game for those of you that haven't heard was pushed back to April seventeenth. So we are also not playing this weekend. Um, so we have back to back bye weeks. So we'll get into that a little bit of Vandal football. What's going on? Is this good news? Bad news? No news? Um, and probably a little bit of random stuff around the big sky, what's going on, because it was kind of an interesting week last week. So we'll just get into it. We brought Colton on because uh, Boatman's not here, and uh, like we said, it's been too long. But uh, ain't nothing like cracking a Mon Tucky Cold Snack, an ultra-refreshing light beer, born in majestic big sky country. Best part is when you crack a snack, you're giving back. Mon Tucky Cold Snacks donates 8% of all profits back to local causes, even right here in Idaho. Sporting organizations like the CW Hogs and the Idaho Food Bank. Yeah, that's freaking awesome. Montucky Cold Sacks, the light American log for Pow Pow Rippers, Gator Wranglers, Pony Riders, Badass Do-Gooders. Visit MontuckyColdSnacks.com today to find out how to get, yeah, I ask, some snacks. Around the Bar brought to you by Hughes River Expeditions. Uh, oh, that got added in quickly. Uh, about as quickly as they keep jumping into the portal. Idaho men's basketball transfers. Another one bites the dust. I will let the basketball guys handle this. Yeah, so everyone who listened to our postmortem, and if you haven't listened to our postmortem, jump back after this video and listen to. We uh, we projected, Dallas and I, that we were going to hear no coaching news because we presume there will be no coaching news to report. That's been the case so far. But we have had, similar to what happened at the end of two seasons ago uh, during Verlin's last year, which was one of our 
Now it's the first of our rough years. We've got a ton of transfers uh, leaving the program thus far. And that I believe uh, some of these started on Friday and a couple more have trickled in this week. We've got six players who've declared they're going to leave University of Idaho for the transfer portal. Those include seniors Scott Blakeney, Javeri Christmas, and Damon Thacker. Now all those guys took part in senior day festivities for Idaho, the ones that existed this year. So those three, I wouldn't call exactly a shocker. They've got a freebie year of eligibility. Why not use it? We also have uh, freshman Hunter Jack Madden has declared. Junior AJ Youngman and junior DeAndre Robinson. All So that's our six so far. Haven't heard anything about our other seniors haven't heard anything about anyone else beyond those six, but that's essentially half a roster. Uh, if you factor in guys like uh, Theon Bain and Chance Garvin, very likely not coming back, Chris. Yeah. Uh, so as the football guy here, you know, there might be some more f- football people here that this is news that should be interesting. So I'm just going to bounce some quick uneducated questions off of you guys are obviously I know Thacker and Christmas and Blakeney, but like you said, for your, Hunter Jack Madden, AJ Youngman, DeAndre Robinson, are they technically even losses? What were their minutes even like? Robinson was pretty good. Hunter Jack Madden had spurts, right? Dallas, I'll let you take the story on this one. Robinson was okay. Yeah, I I didn't barely watch him at all, so yeah. Yeah, So I I, I at least know that Colton's going to be the optimistic guy here, which is is fantastic uh, because – I don't have anything nice to say about them. Uh, the way I put it is I looked up the PER of these players, the player efficiency rating. Um, mm. When you calibrate it to what the NBA breakouts are, you have Scott Blakeney, who comes in as third rotation option. You have rotation player, who is Thacker. You have fringe roster player, which is Robinson, and then the 46 minutes that A.J. Youngman played. And then Javeri Christmas and Hunter Jack Madden came in under player who won't stick in the NBA. Obviously, this is written for the NBA, so it's realistically saying player who doesn't deserve to be in the big sky. That's what their their efficiency ratings were. So, realistically, no, I don't think we lost a whole lot. To move quick through those three, Scott Blakeney, I think, is going to land on a contributor. Or, sorry, on a strong team. Uh, S- Scott Blakeney can definitely make the roster of a solid team. We wish him the best. He was on three of the worst Vandal teams in the history of Vandal basketball. It's great. He's going to get a shot to close out his career somewhere else. Uh, the other guys don't really think they're a huge loss. We appreciate their time on Idaho, no question. But Hunter Jack Madden wouldn't have been a difference maker. DeAndre Robinson had a couple good games early, but it's essentially because he was shooting like 60% from three, which just no one keeps that up. And uh, the rest of the guys, you know, Damon Thacker's a solid guy, but on a better team, he's probably a third or at best guard, probably fourth or fifth. So not really big losses, Chris. I think the the good news for us is, again, we're happy they're on the team. Uh, we appreciate everyone's time as a Vandal, but if this team is going to get better, it's because we have new players coming in. We need those roster spots for new players. So that's that's my takeaway, Chris. Uh, when is signing day for basketball? Have you guys followed any of the recruiting? Do we have anybody exciting coming in? We have two guys signed so far, but we're in the dead period for recruiting for a while. So uh, forgive me, Chris. Uh, forgive me, listeners. I don't have the day off the top of my head. We don't have any like big name guys. The two players we have signed didn't have it's, offers from other D1 schools yet. It's like May, right? Something it's like, like late in the school year, I think. I don't know. I yeah. We we can expect to get recruiting news later on, of course. But yeah. at this point, Chris, like you to answer your question, we have two guys signed for the next class. So obviously the work for for 
at this point, Coach Klaus and Co., is to get more than two guys. And hopefully a few of them are all conference level. Fingers crossed we see something we haven't seen in the last three years. Yeah, which uh, benefited the transfer portal, too. We could go get some dudes. Uh, transfer portal taketh, but it can uh, also giveth. Um, so the NAU game, now. Re- rescheduled to week eight uh, for the Big Skies week eight. Um, April 17th. Loss is this good. I mean, I know I was a little bummed um, that we're not playing this week because I don't know. My my take on this right is obviously I'm still in here. By the way, guys, my okay, perfect video just <laughs> went out. So we'll we'll toss it to you here then after this. But um, I just uh, I wish we would have played this week. Obviously, we've heard kind of it would have been. V- I don't know how much we're allowed to disclose. It would have been very difficult to field the team um, these past two weeks. So I get why we're not playing this week. But now it's like, okay, sure. Hopefully we've learned our lesson, right? And we take care of freaking business, lockdown, just keep our you know our nose to the grindstone for four weeks and try to make our push to the FCS playoffs. That doesn't mean Southern Utah is going to do that. Southern Utah – big win last week maybe they're out partying and they need to cancel the next two weeks or you know idaho state they get they they would have pulled off their win against eastern maybe they would have pulled in idaho and been out partying we don't get to play them what what's to say nau at the end of the year if they lose three more games and they don't care anymore their players aren't you know staying focused so it's like we i just hate that we gave up our buffer um because we don't have one now and hopefully we have our stuff together but only us and cal poly have had to reschedule that means Everybody else has their learning experience that they can take from this. Colton, what's kind of your thought on the rescheduling the April 17th over this weekend? Colton? Well, uh, yeah. Can you hear, can you guys hear me okay? Yep. Sorry, I, I'm going through some technical difficulties, uh, just internet problems in Lewiston. I guess it's just like that here. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, thoughts on, on the – rescheduling. Yeah. I, I think you kind of alluded to it. Uh, I, I don't know how much of a Idaho Vandals 2021 team it would have been. I, I kind of made that point uh, before in, in a column that was like, you know, I, I, basically at what point are these like not the Vandals of this year, you know, like, and, yeah. and is that, do we just recognize that? Okay. This is how it is. We're just, we got the freshmen, whatever. We'll see how they do. We'll see, we'll see what 2023's vandals or, or what was supposed to be the 2023 vandals look like. I mean, I, I don't know how much you can really take it. I, I don't know. I'm not going to go out and say, don't take it seriously because like, I think I can't remember. Somebody made this point, I think on Twitter that was like, cause if Idaho goes, and goes to the playoffs and looks good in the playoffs. It like it it's not fake, not a fake season really. Like if Idaho were to go like get to the semis or something, like that for sure be an achievement. But at, like I guess they could still reach the playoffs, and that, that would be something. But as of right now, is it is it like our full? If it's the full full team, if the full team gets back, then I'll just be like, okay, like this is legitimate, Brian. You made a good point. No D two opponent. No power conference opponent like that, like, you know, throws the stats off. And it kind it sometimes can confuse you watching those games. How good is this team? This is just straight big sky on big sky. So that's good. I guess my thoughts on it are kind of muddled. I I, I mean, I want to care about it. I really do. Uh, 
but with so much going on too at the same time. But in my profession right now, because you know we're a small paper, so like we're dealing with all the Washington sports returning too, and like basketball's just getting over. There's a bunch of different like I'm covering softball and then basketball and then football, and it's just it's all over the place. But the Vandals, I th- I, I don't know. I, two weeks off. I, there's not much to say other than like they didn't really have the roster availability, right? I mean. They don't have that, then you gotta postpone it, and I, that was the only other spot. Two weeks—that's not enough time to get back. So it, push it to hey, the Colton, end of the season. To, Colton, just to be clear, in case some listeners are thinking, like, okay, well, I know they don't have players, but why not? Is—is is it coronavirus issues? <laughs> oh, it's got. Well, yeah, I don't. I think they. The school did say. I mean, coronavirus protocols within the Vandals program. So they announced that. That's on the record from them. And uh, you're at this point, I mean, what's, you know, coronavirus hasn't, isn't a big deal. I mean, it is a big deal, but in the sports world, it's not like a hush hush thing anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody gets it. And like schools are coming out and saying like, we got it. That's why we're shut down. So it's gotta be like, they've got to have too short a roster to play because they're all in or not all, but like, you know, I don't know, a dozen or something. Apparently there were at least seven that were probably coronavirus because they didn't get hurt. And then they just disappeared and they're not there, not at the game. And then I saw, I thought I saw Jermaine Jackson, Chad Bagwell. I'm like, okay, they were just, they were just injured recovering, but I didn't see anybody else. And there's been some absences just on the roster in general that like, I mean, there's no point in slamming it. Like it's no big deal. It's not a negative at all. It's like, there are multiple guys who I don't think are playing this year. Who like DJ Lee? I think he just may have opted out this coronavirus. I mean, he was like a rotational receiver. Yeah. Okay, he's not playing. Darian Nash. Somebody told I, I heard that uh, Darian Nash. Yeah, I mean he he was supposed to be maybe the best corner incoming, maybe the best corner on the team. I, I, I don't know because these guys are fast. There's a lot of speed in the in the secondary, but. I don't know. We're, we won't know because he's, but he's going to come back. He, I guess he's, that's what he said is his plan is to play in the fall. So that's what I'm thinking is like, you got a chunk of people that are like, I'm not playing right now. I'll play in the fall. Maybe they affect the outcome, you know, but can you play? How, how many is the cutoff is what I'm wondering, to be honest. That's the main thing. Like how many, uh, what do you guys think? Like 10, 10 play, like say you have, or 10, yeah, 10 players in the protocol. Is that where you cancel a game or, or does it depend on, who the player is depend on? Is that what it depends on? Or I, I, I think Idaho can't cancel another game. I mean, at this point, if it sweeps your program again, you at least have to go out, whether it's your 2023-2024 Vandals. Um, yeah. I yeah, mean, if they want to make the postseason. Yeah, and at this point, you're not in North Dakota State or uh, a Weber, no. right, where it's like, okay, maybe it bit us. And it's no longer advantageous for us because we're not going to finish the season where we want to finish it. A team like mm-hmm. Idaho that's up and coming. I don't know if I quite want to give them that title yet, but like a team that has potential, you have to utilize this free season and free practices and free games. Like, cause you're not, you're too late in the season to pull like a Montana and Montana state and just cancel and find three teams to do a spring scrimmage on. Like, I think at this point, no matter what, whether we lose every single up and coming game, like you at least have to roll someone out there and get snaps and get reps. And that's your way of prepping for the fall. Now, maybe it's not your starters. Maybe 
You know, you lost Jermaine Jackson, and you're like, all right, look, Cottrell Haywood is going to be good. Let's not throw Cottrell Haywood oh, yeah. where he can get hurt. But he might break maybe, some records in the program. Yeah. Like, let's have him around for fall when he has, you know, 11, 12, 13, 14, however long our playoffs go. Um, if we can make them, like, let's do that. And I think that's what you have to weigh if you, but I think it's, until you lose another one, you have to go all in on all these games too. I mean, you play your best lineup, whether it's Cottrell Haywood and Nikhil Nair throwing the ball, which I heard mm-hmm. we are really short on quarterbacks. Like, you just, I don't know. I, I think Idaho is a team that really needs to take advantage of the free season and right now is still in a good position at one-on-one. So they kind of are in a, they have to go for it, in my opinion, at least. Okay. Dallas, Brian. Because you think, you think even without the, the like, it, it, say they win a big sky title, is that important? Like, t- with, without the Montanas. That's the thing that gets I, me. No Montanas. And is that a Big Sky Championship? Well, we've covered it multiple times. The last time any Montana schools won a Big Sky title was like 2012. So I know, but they might, they would be in Idaho's way is what I'm saying. I agree. Like, and I, I think they, this year I care less about winning the Big Sky. I mean, for me, it's about the practice and the game reps and well. getting ready for fall, which is why I think you have to be a little overly cautious. And for me, it's playoffs. Like, that's the goal. I, I think – the, the conference should just give Weber the Big Sky title. They beat UC Davis. They're not playing we, us, and they're not playing Eastern. Nobody else is going to challenge them the rest of the year. Just give Weber the title now. I wish we could just give them a freebie into the playoffs and just have the rest of these teams duke it out. Because I don't, I, the Big Sky title I don't think was ever in contention for us this season. Spring season probably isn't in the fall either. But I think we've got a fringe playoff shot, and I think that's what you have to go for. Because, one, you want to make the playoffs because, once again, I think those extra practices are going to help you. And the team's so young. I know that you're worrying about burning, you know, from both ends here and playing too late into the season to where then when you turn around, you're not going to be healthy. But this isn't an established team where I don't think we should be worried about that. We should be worried about getting as much reps in as possible. Yeah, we shouldn't be worried about the season going too long at all, Chris, because, I mean, like, if we make the playoffs right now, that's a victory. I don't think anyone right now sees this as a team that's going to make a run – into the semis or something no, like that in the but, fall either. So yeah. there's no reason so, to stay healthy for the fall. You know, to, I mean, to try to answer both Colton's question and your initial question, Chris, I, I think this, this season is going to matter to different teams for different reasons for Weber, for Weber state. We all, if they're the class, of the conference, Hey, they better show it when the conference is, is, has shrunk without a couple of the premier teams. Now also, Chris, you're of course, correct. The Montana schools have prestige, but it is a myth that the title goes, the Big Sky title goes through Montana. It hasn't for about a decade. Maybe for a school for like Idaho, Idaho. <laughs> yeah, for a school like Idaho, this season has to be about showing that growth is more than press releases. And by the way, we we looked we've looked pretty good overall, even though we're one and one, having played two of the three best teams we possibly could so far. As far as the NAU game being push back. I mean, I obviously I'm disappointed we don't have the game right now. It means we don't have a cushion for another game to go south. But I will say, I don't mind that we got a couple weeks to, I don't know, have guys become healthy for sure. It's a little disappointing that we were set up to play three consecutive teams that we would have been favored against and have pretty strong momentum heading into Eastern. Now, we still could have great momentum. We should be favored probably narrowly right now against Idaho State. And we probably should be favored against Southern Utah. But if we're a good team, we're going to win those two games. 
And my hope is that we just don't have a repeat of last year where the end game is versus NAU and no one's really playing for anything. And I mean, it's fun for the basketball game scores or more than University of Idaho men's basketball game scores. But uh, you are right in that, Chris, that there is some suspense we might lose by having that game pushed back, having Eastern as our crescendo and that being a potential real playoff game at the end of the year, if we can win out, it, it would be harder to end the year with more excitement. It's isn't it just almost seeming to tee itself up to where we beat Southern Utah, we beat Idaho State, we beat Eastern Washington on the red, and then somehow just slip up against NAU. That would be the most vandal thing ever. We're already saying our praises. We're going to the playoffs, and then we go to Flagstaff and just we joke every time the game after Eastern. It's like clockwork. We lose it, it's, oh, and it'd man. be NAU oh. who maybe the just worst team in the, the conference air. this year. I, I, That's on you, it man. was out there. Someone had to grab it and bring it in. I you, mean, no, you put it out there, but there'll be a lot of uh, yards though in that game. Won't that be sick? Yeah. Be I, so many I, yards. I, and if there's nothing to play for at that point, I mean, that's a CJ Jordan game in my opinion, which at least yeah, makes CJ it Jordan. interesting for us yeah. to watch. But um, um, Dallas, you got any takes kind of on the rescheduling and then we'll move on to kind of what it's just like. like playoffs? It would have been nice. I do they could have fitted in this week, but realistically, uh, most of the FBS conferences, the, at least the Power Five, uh, when they were dealing with their season in the fall, they set a minimum roster of 53, uh, and there were teams like Wazoo canceling games because they could not field 53 players. At this level, with even less players to, to pool from, I don't think there was any chance Idaho could have played a game this weekend. Uh, with the outbreak, as bad as it seems from the outside eye that I'm using, I don't think they could have played this week. So it makes sense to reschedule it to the final week. It sucks. Everything was was really set up perfectly to, you know, nut up or shut up with Eastern as the final game of the year. And it's too bad that we're not going to see that. But I'm just hoping that we don't have what Chris just put out into the world of rattling off three wins and then losing to NAU because you know, it sucks to be a vandal but, sometimes. Uh, I'm right, right? Like, that is totally what's probably going to happen if we could beat Eastern. Like, beating Eastern on its own is going to be difficult. But then if we do, I'm ch- like, I'm changing my preseason projection on this podcast. If we beat Eastern, I'm changing my preseason pick. We lose to NAU at the end of the year. And we'll see what I pick then. Oh, no. My preseason pick has been changed because um, I have the power to do such things. Uh, but talking about it, Eastern was the crescendo. It was probably our playoff playing game for both of us having one loss. Is that even the case anymore? Because it's no secret Idaho State gave Eastern all they could handle. Uh, and Eastern, I mean, Eastern tried to do everything yeah. in their power to not win that game. But uh, still pulled it out. Can they even beat UC Davis? And then if they lose to UC Davis, is there even a path for us whether we beat them? Because at that point, UC Davis beat Idaho and Eastern and only lost to Weber. And is anybody going to beat UC Davis? Like, who do they have left? Idaho State, uh, Cal Poly twice, and Southern Utah, and NAU? Like, they should steamroll all those teams. So I'm, like, worried that even if we beat Eastern, if Eastern, the Eastern-UC Davis game became super important, and we need Eastern to win it. Eastern could break our hearts right here. Because I don't think, if they lose to UC Davis... They're not going to the playoffs no matter what. And if they lose to UC Davis, we're probably not going to the playoffs no matter what. It, am I wrong there? Because I don't think 
a five and one Idaho with a five and one UC Davis. I just don't think there's enough at large bids for us to sneak in. Colton, what at the most two in the Big Sky? Is that what we're saying? Right? They couldn't if there were th- we're six and zero, oh, five one, and one, five and one. They wouldn't consider a third five and one Big Sky team. The committee you don't think? I so? just think it's hard because the Missouri. I mean, it's possible, like eight but or nine. Yeah, so that's why I think it's hard. Like true. if you're comparing that with like a no. six and two NDSU, that's that's a hard yeah, one to put a five and one Idaho over six and two NDSU. I don't know. They might consider that though. Like Idaho winning out from here four straight. I don't know. That'd that's be- true. That. That's a sell. That's a good point. Not losing in six weeks, a better way to sell it. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, But let's see. Well, UC Davis, I don't know. That's really tough. That's a good question. I I think. And it's UC Davis Eastern this week. is not bad at all. Yeah, no, I mean, and they look competitive against Weber. That's why I think they solidified themselves where they might be allowed to, like, maybe another slip up. Like, if they lost to Eastern – there's still a chance that they could possibly get in because they played Weber so well. And depending on how they played Eastern, like if they lose by one point in a game winning field goal, I think there's a shot UC Davis gets in over us because they also have the head to head. I just think, man, we got worked into a really tricky spot with that UC Davis loss. Well, uh, and yeah. he's really trying to make with that last week's game in their loss, Idaho, really trying to make it look like they're not a quality win anymore. <laughs> Who's UC Davis got got left again? Did you say? Uh, pulled up right now. So I think that they have Polly twice. Um, oh, pull it up. Do they have ISU at all? I th- ISU. Who knows? Idaho State might be like okay. So they got yeah, that's true. All right, so they have Idaho at Weber. Then they're home against Cal Poly. Home against Idaho State. Home against Eastern, and then at Cal Poly at the end of the year. What if the Bengals just helped the Vandals out, man? <laughs> and that would be the week after we play them, more. Right? Yeah. So, so yeah. actually, Cole, I don't know. That's going to be a tough game too. You can't overlook that game. Yeah, Cole, uh, we'll see. <laughs> just circle back to the Vandals, Colton. I'm curious. Um, also, actually, I think I'm curious about everyone's take on this. Seeing how competitive UC Davis was with Weber, you know, they led 10-0. It was a competitive game from the first snap to the last. Did that change anyone's opinion here of how Idaho looked? against Davis considering we you know we did have a ton of guys out and Davis Davis looks for real I mean yeah I, I feel like I'm the boring answer here because I said last week I thought UC Davis was hands down the second best team in the big sky so for me if anything I guess yeah they look slightly better I thought they would have lost by maybe a couple more points so no, not really. I, I think UC Davis is the two seed. That's why I thought us losing last week might have been the nail in the coffin, and now I'm starting to do the math. But for me, it doesn't change anything. I, If anything, I think it's still a quality win for Weber. I think it's a good showing for Weber because they were able to claw back from a 10-0 lead um, and go 18-3 in the second half. But, I mean, if anything, I think maybe it shows maybe somebody could get Weber on a bad day, but the only problem is we ran through it. Was the Idaho State thing really Idaho State looking good, or was that just Eastern on a bad day? Mm-hmm. Is Cal Poly going to improve throughout the season and be able to get them? I don't know. Um, or Sorry, that's Davis's roster. Weber's got what? Southern Utah and Idaho State and NAU left, so probably not. 
Like, I don't know. For me, no, it didn't change anything because I thought Davis was good. So, but I'm curious. I mean, Dallas. I don't think you were pretty. You're not weren't super high on UC Davis, were you? Oh, I was the opposite. I think UC Davis kicked the shit out of the Vandals. Uh, the score does not reflect how much of a beatdown it was. I was the one that thought UC Davis was going to win the whole time. I think UC Davis is a very good team. Oh, so Colton, what do you think about you? So we all thought UC Davis. UC Davis Idaho good. game? No, yeah. I, Idaho looked good. Idaho Idaho's a good team. No, literally, it's just they've got a lot of talent. They and they were like. That's so important. Nine key players, and even Kate Coffey. That's big. That's that's yeah. huge. You, <laughs> you get a, ten yards. Who wants to say after I, you know, I, I think Pre- Prescott was good. Prescott was good too. <laughs> but and and I agree. I think Davis is good. Dan Hawkins is a really good coach, and that offense is that is a fast offense. And Gilliam, that guy is so good. That Elonzo yeah. Gilliam, that guy is he is. <laughs> he could I, I couldn't believe. Like we were surprised up there, like watching him. I I haven't seen a guy with that kind of burst at the Kibbe Dome, and, like, oh, I don't know, like, the last guy I can compare him to, big sky play at the Kibbe Dome. That Gilliam guy really – I don't think there's been a big year, sky running back year, like him. He's going to be really good. But, like, I think UC Davis is good. And, yeah, I do think they won, they won most columns as far as statistics, statistics go. And uh, they did kind of – it seemed like they had the whole momentum of the, uh, the entire second half, of course. But it was still com- – competitive enough to where they didn't take a their lead until what seven twenty left in the game or something. So the fact that yeah. I do and four freshmen O linemen, like missing Logan Floyd and Fapusa, that's huge. That's yeah. I mean Beaudry's out too. He was like, running Beaudry's running. He he had some good runs too. Yeah. I'm I actually was like, oh I don't know like Ido looks like we knew they were short when we were watching the starting lineups we we're like, oh God, that is not good. Like they are missing <laughs> Several guys, and three in the secondary, three on the line, competing, which are which I know, are I think, it's a good, I think it's a good loss, honestly. I, I, you know, I'm I like to be, you know, you know, I'm not usually optimistic or anything, but like I'm not always, but I, you know, I am about that about that one. I thought good loss for Idaho. I thought if there is one, yeah. Petrino <laughs> one, one like that. I'd say that your reaction to the Davis game this far out should probably also be your reaction to the Eastern game, which is after Eastern, I think a lot of us, I'll put myself here after the Eastern game, I thought there was a chance that maybe we thought Idaho had made a a bigger step developmentally than we did. So then losing, because, I mean, it was a competitive game against UC Davis, but, like, we forced them to punt twice, uh, six total incomplete passes the whole game. They really moved, they really had no cool. trouble moving. They, I think they should have won by 20. But if UC Davis is a good team and Idaho is shorthanded, a good team should beat a team that's shorthanded who is not quite as good as them. So, like, my reaction yeah. is, again, like, my, my summary of the game doesn't change, but my reaction to Idaho is I think I know better now, having seen how Davis was competitive with Weber, that Idaho is probably, if we get into the playoffs, it's luck. We're certainly above the top, the bottom of the conference, but we're not making that jump I thought we had because Eastern also not looking that great against Idaho State, I think gave further context to our game of if we're competitive with Eastern. Again, Eastern's a strong program, but I don't think that win vaulted us as far against Eastern. I don't think that that win signified a vault as far forward as I was hopeful for, but this isn't an awful place. We should still, this team should still finish above 500. 
which is a great that's a success story relative to Vandal football the last decade. Yeah. yeah. This team right which, now is better than last year and the year before. Yeah. Eastern though, man, like those wide receivers, I don't know what Eric Berrier did to them. I mean, both of his interceptions are deceiving if you just look at the stat line. They hit one dude square in the chest yeah. and popped up, and the other one went right through the other dude's hands into the like the defender was just like, whoa. You know, like yeah. And we saw it against Idaho, how many drops they had. And they also had more drops in, against Idaho State that just didn't result in INTs. Like, poor Barrier is doing everything yeah. in the in his power to extend plays and win these games. And his wide receivers, I mean, they're, some of these aren't even difficult balls. Like, I get it if it's like you're reaching no, out and hit your pad, fingertip. No. And, yeah, and it kind of, yeah, it's chest. They teach you high points <laughs> ball and catch it with your oh. fingers. Like, dude, this is it. This isn't new, though, man. Eastern's receivers. It happened to him last year. Yeah, it's the same core. They're missing a couple guys. They're missing a couple guys. Their game against Montana last year. He looks bad, too. Well, not as bad, but he had some drops. Their their game against Montana, I still still joke about this with Eastern fans from 2019. I I think they dropped more balls than they scored points, and they scored 17 points that game. So, yeah, that's kind of the weird thing about Eastern is they've been – they're good. They're still good. They're – a lot of programs like Idaho would love to say, oh, they're disappointing, but we're still going to have a winning record. That's a great place for a program to be. But I, I definitely – I don't have a problem saying that Eastern's trend line is certainly downward, which is confusing, Chris. I mean, you brought it up. They've got one of the best quarterbacks in the nation, and they they have a high-powered offense that should be much more high-powered if they could catch goddamn balls that and are in improved their chest. defense. I think their defense is like the, one of the most under talked about things this season. I think their defense looks pretty good. And I know that will be people like, well, they just let Idaho state put up a ball. I'm like, yeah, but Vanderwall on his own looks pretty stinking good. Like yeah, he might be the best pure passer in the entire freaking conference right now, which I know we'll get to here in a second, which and Idaho, <laughs> and Eastern picked him off three times. Yeah. One at the end there, but I wish there was like a stat for interceptions you didn't cause and like Hail Mary interceptions. But mm. I'm sure somewhere some nerd true in interceptions. Is, yeah, is like a true you. interception stat. True. Like if it hits your wide receiver <laughs> in the chest, that should not count against you. You that did your is a job. receiver stat. Yeah, the receiver drop should get the causing in, interception yeah. caused by drop. Yeah, and then that the Hail Mary at the end of the game and halves I don't think should count either because yeah. that's like you're just throwing it up there and like. 50-50 ball, it's going to be a pick. So Fake interception. Uh, probably more than that. They end up being interceptions or incompletions way more. But um, next little topic here. Oh, Colton, what's your uh, reaction to the season thus far? Just the football season? Yeah. I don't know. It's I'm glad I'm glad Big Sky – I like covering the Big Sky. I'm glad it's back. Uh, and we, we kind of have gone over Idaho already. And uh, I, I don't know, like – I keep going back to just I'm gonna miss see like I wanted to see Sacramento State this spring. That's a bummer. Like I wanted to see how they play. I really wanted to see McCaffrey in, in, in Northern Colorado. I think that would have been interesting just around the league. It, it's it's a fun little pod play type of season we've got going on, and it's just like I don't know. Let's hope that it can continue because yeah, like you said, let's cross your fingers. Let's hope that enough guys are you know i guess eligible to play right now or next week because if they have to cancel another game they're they, they can't i mean then then the rest of the games would just be competing but practice games so 
let's just hope that what's <laughs> good. Let's just hope that the if they play it. I mean, as for Idaho, I, I don't really know a whole lot. I'll be honest about like the uh, I, I know who's good and some major key players and stuff, but I, I probably won't have time to like watch the conference as closely as I have in past years, just because of like how things have changed personally. But watching watching the Vandals, it seems like a good step, a decent step in the right direction. Obviously, O line secondary could use some work, uh, yeah. but that's what they said before the season. You know, we, young there, really young there, potential to be really quick there. But I don't know when's the last time Idaho secondary blew you away. Um, True. Not um, even, <laughs> there's always the potential for quickness in the secondary. It, I don't know. I just enjoyed covering that team again. You know. In the dome, yeah. it's an interesting feeling to be a little bit back. Uh, in a playoff, that would be, uh, you know, I can't say playoffs. I guess that's looking way, way too far. I should just stray away from. Yeah, that's looking way too far ahead. But you know, I'm just hoping they get three home games in a row. The three away games, that's interesting as well. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, the good news is you only have 172 days until kickoff against Simon Fraser. Oh, I'm. You know, how I'm, crazy that, is that? Circled on my that Simon Fraser game, man. Circled on the calendar. We are That's... less than four months, right? No, sorry, six months. Is it ninety? Yeah, call it less than one hundred eighty days. Is the math I was trying to do, thinking every month is thirty days. Um, but call it about six months from kickoff, which is insane. Um, yeah, no, it is. It's football's <laughs> back, though. I'm. Yeah. I'm excited and for we, the Wazoo game. I hope they play Wazoo. Uh, we I don't. don't I got moved. I like. I oh, I love that game. But so what they did was we kept all of our 2021 out of conference games for next year. Can't believe we're talking next year already. But this, normally we're talking next year right now. So why not? Um, so we're home against Simon Fraser. We're at Indiana, which NFL schedule not released yet. Hawks play at Colts. Please, please, please. Hail Mary. Mm. September uh, 12th, let's have the Hawks in Indianapolis and the Vandals in Bloomington on the 11th. Uh, Then we're at Reezer. We have a week off. And then we get the amazing schedule that I was so excited to play. We don't get your Sac State, Colton. I'm sorry. But we get at UC Davis. And then after that, we're home against Portland State, at Eastern, home against Montana, home against NAU, home against Southern Utah, at Montana State, at Idaho State. And that Oregon State game used to be Wazoo. We only left the Palouse or the right. state of Idaho twice in the like, last eight weeks of the season. If we had last year's schedule, still last year. But they just basically yeah, moved they just pushed it forward. The forward yeah. yeah, and then they're doing – after this year, they're redoing it because Southern Utah is leaving. So uh, I had somebody oh, ask me right. what the 2022 no. schedule looked like. I was like, it doesn't matter because the schedule's getting redone because the Thunderbirds are going to the whack. But no. um, – uh, anyways, real quick here, compared to what you've seen at practice, which uh, they've only had one public practice, I believe. But yeah, I guess your opinion <laughs> on what you've you've heard and seen and talked about um, does one on one surprise you, or is this right about where you thought they'd be at this point? One and one. Oh no, this is I. I'm so far. I'm two for two. I keep saying to people in the office. So far, I, I was like, they're, yeah, they're going to beat Eastern and then lose to UC Day. My original prediction was just, I don't know, just to kind of, <laughs> well, more of like I, this, I, I'm serious about this, but at the same time, I thought it would be funny to predict this, that this is how they'd start one and one losing to UC Davis. Then they would win out until the end. And then for the playoff game on the red against Eastern and then lose that game and miss the playoffs 
and go four and two. That was my original prediction. So so far they're on it. But like prediction as it like they'll be competitive. They'll be good. They'll they would have a, a three game winning streak in the middle of the year. And uh, that I, I don't know. I, I it's hard the sample size so far from what I've seen. It's not really not, like Beaudry. I don't really have any strong opinion on. I think he's had stretch where he's looked good, but he also just looks shaky. You don't know if that's like first game nerves or anything. It's like he, he's, he's showing off. I got it, but then he's just bit off and just missing a little bit. He's like, happy feet. He's like, he I got this, not- but, but like staring guys down sometimes. Like, yes, it's okay. Like that pick earlier in the season. Yeah, a lot of that uh, running game so far has been underwhelming, but. Bad. You know, how much can you chalk? It seems like they haven't had a lot of holes, but also like you maybe expect carries. them to make some or more carries that as well. There's There were stretches, a lot of three and outs where it was just like, ah, let's throw these quick outs. And they just didn't work. The quick outs, yeah. short balls, and then incomplete, incomplete. Oh, no pun. Against UC Davis, especially. They went three and out from, what, what was it, like six minutes left in the third to the end or something like that? Like three and out the rest of the way. Yeah. Um, um, so the offense, I don't, know. I don't know. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm just kind of yeah. going. With the yeah, I was gonna say, but uh, ranking you, you brought up Beaudry. I, I want to say we have some surprising quarterback uh, appearances thus far in the Big Sky season. But then again, is it really that surprising when like everybody was new? Uh, somebody had to be good. It's not like yeah, right. Ten out of the eleven dudes were going to be bad, or I guess this season seven of the eight. And there was a surprise. My pick, Jalen Hamler, which. To give Brian credit, I was basically doing that just to be the contrarian. I thought Hunter uh, Rackett was going to start as well. Blew my mind. But So Jalen Hammer played, so we were wrong. And then if, oh, God, it's been so long, Davis Alexander plays, so we should have three dudes returning from the 2020 or 2019 season in fall. Um, well, we'll see. Jalen Hammer's got to hold on to the job, but I thought he looked all right. But let's rank like the new Hammer. Big Sky quarterbacks. We'll go around the circle here. So we'll go Colton, Dallas, Brian. Um, you've got Jalen Hamler. Are we really including Jalen? Even though I see you said, but new yeah, there you go. Nice. So okay. I threw him on there. Yeah, Very on there first. Because, just... Yeah. Well, new. We're ranking the new guys. That's why. Should we new just guys. do oh, strictly new, new dudes? No, dude. I'd, I'd throw Hamler in there because it's mildly different. It's it's different when you're he's having to pass the way he is. Yeah, and he also doesn't have JJ Koski at a level one. And we're also gonna have to judge it off one game. Wow. We're yeah. You know what? That's what the show's about. But, Great we, buzz. Chris, yeah. just so we can have a really boring organizational talk, really quick for our listeners, snake draft. Yeah, well, how do you do that with five people and four pickers? Okay, we'll just rank them. Never mind. <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, no, I, I, I was gonna just have everybody rank them. Um, oh God, this is hard. Uh, I'll go Vanderwall, Bronson, Baron, Beaudry, Miller, Hamler. But God, honestly, like looking at this, there's not a guy I don't like. Like that's what's different. Like where's Wooty on this? Can we put Wooty in there? Oh, I, I need somebody at last that I can actually oh, be sorry. like definitely last. Yeah, I forgot to throw Wooty on there. That's how bad he's been. Because I I would take any of these dudes if I'm being honest. I mean Justin Miller, I'm still like, let's see. <laughs> um, maybe with Jalen Hamler as well. But like I like what Vanderwall's done. On, I have been relatively impressed with Beaudry, not quite where I wanted him to be, but still as a quarterback, I think he's fine. Bronson Barron has shocked people. 
But yeah, definitely mm-hmm. Wooty and Widener for NAU have been the bottom two. So both of those dudes last. But every those other guys, I'd be happy with them. So what I what I do? I went Vanderwall, Baron, Beaudry, Miller, Hamler. Hmm. I, I want to let Colton go next, just just in case he. Uh, I want to see if he steals my first pick. Okay, so, huh? I don't know, man. Just of the newcomers, you said new Big Sky quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah, that's maybe. who I can pick from. Uh dude, that that's really hard. See, I'm, this is what I'm saying. Like, okay, I don't know much about Weber Sky at all. I I liked Rodriguez though. I liked Rodriguez against UCD. Oh, we forgot Hunter Rodriguez. Yeah, <laughs> Hunter Rodriguez. I thought I think he's got a lot of potential to be. I, I mean, the, a lot of short balls, right? But they he was on the money. It, it, it was just yeah, there was space, young DBs. But I liked Rodriguez. Uh, I don't know Vanderwall. You you took him right, Chris? That's your guy. Yeah. Vanderwall's your boy. Okay, you know what? I'm just gonna go out there and uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna go with Rodriguez. I just, I, I mean, I think Beaudry's a good quarterback. Yeah, I just I, I don't feel like I've seen enough of the same quarterback for long enough stretches. I, I've um, got I've got controversial takes on this, which all uh, right, <laughs> they're not big Beaudry people. No, I, I wasn't going to say that. I was going to say no. I mean, I, I Beaudry is. Th- there have been absolutely great moments. There's also been rust. So, like, yeah, I mean, he's he's a definite in my mind. He he's going to be an improvement, no question. Number one, I'd go Justin Miller, Southern Utah. Seventy-two okay. percent completion, ten touchdowns, one interception. I'll throw the asterisk. Uh, he's run the gauntlet of <laughs> Northern Arizona, Idaho State, Cal Poly to accrue those stats. But it's it's pretty hard to complete more than seventy two percent of your passes. That's true. And ten touchdowns to mm-hmm. one interception. A lot of teams are going to take that ratio. I mean, Eric Berrier doesn't have that ratio. Not that I. Not that you know Miller's not better than Berrier, but still, as a new guy, it's harder to start out better than Justin Miller has at Southern Utah. And we had no one had any expectations for Southern Utah to look okay at the start of the year. After Miller, I'd probably go. Part of me wants to go with Van, with uh, Tyler Vanderwall, and he also with you know his interceptions. He has gone against two. He went against Weber and Eastern Washington. Those are two real tough teams that you're going to go against as far as your first three games. So I'm fine putting him number two. Then I'd say I, I'd put you, I'd put Hunter Rod, Rodriguez up there too, man. He uh, yeah he he's absolutely solid. His per game numbers aren't great, but it's because he just played Weber. And also, I guess, you know, he played us. He doesn't have any of the cupcakes that he's walked through yet for his first two games. So after that, just to run through the left, the re- remainders real quick, I go Bronson Barron at Weber State. Big up, some miraculously, some someone's an upgrade over Jake Constantine. I don't know how it's possible, but he appears to be. After that, I'd go run through real quick. Mike Beaudry, Jalen Hamler. And so... You're well, counting Jalen Hamler. Wait. Yeah, I'm counting Jalen Hamler because it's a new Great. role. For then I wanted Jalen Hamler. Okay, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Uh, Dallas, where are you kind of at with this? I think it's safe to say, though, real quick, sorry, Dallas, I just totally interrupted you. But uh, 
Does every single team on this list, minus Cal Poly, uh, have a better quarterback now than they do? Well, we'll save it for after. Let's have Dallas rank, and then I'll pose everybody that question because I want everybody's answer. So I think we've discussed the quarterbacks pretty extensively, so I'll just rip through the list. Uh, I'd go Vanderwall first with Miller second. That was a re- that was probably the hardest ranking of these was those two. Uh, I'd go then probably Rodriguez, Barron, Beaudry, Hamler, and whatever quarterback is playing for NAU <laughs> at the bottom. So other, so I'm going to remove NAU. I want that athleticism. And I'm going to remove Hamler from Poly because he played last year. Um, does every single team on this list have a better quarterback now than they did last year? Is the big sky, the tricky one is going to be Hunter Rodriguez, obviously, but I feel like the entire conference took a step up in quarterback. Now, obviously, we have teams with huge question marks at quarterback, like, uh, I don't know, Montana State, who's not playing. Um, and don't forget another question is where would Davis Alexander rank above these guys? Like, above Wood T? Like, I, I think all these guys are better than Davis Alexander for Portland State. So I'm like, I think it's good for the conference. I think the whole conference took a step forward in this. I'm confident Montana will get somebody in. Northern Colorado will have a McCaffrey back there, so you assume he's going to be better, even though Jacob Nip wasn't bad. I feel like the whole conference, other than NAU, has taken a step forward. I'd say that with UC Davis, what I won't say that Rodriguez is better than Mayer, but he's it's not the step back a lot of people thought it'd be. It's pretty dang stable at UC Davis. Otherwise, yeah, Chris, you're right. Everyone's a step up. Last season, 2019, was kind of comedy gold for quarterbacks in the big sky because we had the unearned arrogance of Jake Constantine. We had Mason Petrino throwing the ball four yards at a time. We we can go through. We had Matt Strzok throwing touchdowns to the wrong team all the time. But in terms of quality, yeah, Chris, you're right. A ton of teams appear to have hit home runs with their quarterback recruits. And you know what just happened. We just jinxed all of them. They're all going to suck next week. (laughs) Um, Sleeping on Hamler. Yeah, let's do – I don't want to do mid, mid-season rewards just because that's going to be a little difficult. Uh, let's do overperformers versus underperformers, and we'll you know start closing down the bar here. Um, Colton, let's start with you. Who's overperformed and who's underperformed? Just in the big sky right now? Yeah. Overperformed. UC Davis, probably. I mean, how, how many people like after last season? How many people expected that? I guess yeah. just the Weber game for the most part. I mean, the Idaho UC Davis game was kind of like what people might have expected, but underperformed. I don't know. Uh, I, I guess just after you know, with, with again with a small sample size, maybe I mean Eastern with forty two allowed in week two. Yeah, that's against Idaho State. Maybe that's what I'd go with. I think that's those who I'd go with, probably. Yeah, Dallas. I don't know. I'm probably just missing somebody completely. I don't know if there's really if if I could go that broad with it. So I'm gonna kind of narrow in a little bit. Um, overperforming and underperforming. Uh, I would say that underperforming would be the Idaho offense. I truly thought they would look better. Paul Petrino is supposed to be an offensive genius, and I don't think the Idaho offense has looked very good. Uh, to be completely honest, I know they've played some tougher teams. I would argue Eastern's defense isn't very good. Uh, so it's unfortunate that they didn't just roll up 40 points there. Uh, that's the big one for me. Overperforming, I would say UC Davis's offense because they have 
an absolutely terrible quarterback proving that he might be an okay coach. Uh, I just had to take a shot at, at Cody Hawkins there. That would be my overperforming is UC Davis offense because I think that guy was a terrible quarterback. I'm shocked that they put up the points that they did against Idaho. And then, I mean, they only put up 12 points against Weber, but that's still more than I expected from Cody Hawkins. Marcel? Overperforming, honestly, I'd say Idaho State and Southern Utah, as in they both look like they have fight that I didn't think they would. Chris, you have correctly made the point that Southern Utah is eight <laughs> seconds away from being undefeated. Now, of course, we do have to throw an asterisk in. They <laughs> opened the season with the most dog shit schedule of any team in the conference. So if a team was going to, should be 3-0, and it's Southern Utah. But both those teams look a lot stronger than I think we we thought. I mean, Idaho State closed 2019 looking like they should just quit playing football after, after October 19th. Southern Utah looked like they had no hope to the point that almost all of us and on all our different podcast shows talking about the Big Sky Conference, we had almost nothing to say about Southern Utah except like, uh, yeah, they're going to keep sucking. It looks like there's hope in both those, those schools. Underperforming. Eastern Washington, it's just so weird because they're not bad. They're averaging 37 points a game defensively, even after giving up 40 points, you know, 40 plus points against Idaho State. They're only giving up 27.7 points per game. That's not atrocious. Eric Berrier leads the league in passing yards per game with around 400. He's completing 60% of his passes, but they're just not. I think maybe this is a me problem, or maybe this is a big sky fan problem. We keep thinking the team that's going to compare to 2018 is going to show up on the field in Cheney. And I just, I just think they're not there. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Uh, my overperformer, Southern Utah, I, I, I agree with you. I, like you said, I mean, I say it jokingly, but they're eight seconds away from being undefeated. And either way, like we said, we can joke about how, who it was against. But at the end of the day, we also thought they were going to be absolutely unequivocally the worst team. I, I think, I don't know, I should have looked at the Big Sky Power Poll. I think Cal Poly just took the spot for him for least amount of points in a week. But up until that point, nobody had faith in Southern Utah. They were constantly basically at the bottom. They were not getting any. I think only one person in our opening poll had them higher than last, and they had them at seventh. So everybody thought they were going to be last. They hung tight against NAU. They hung tight against uh, Idaho State, and then they beat Cal Poly. Then your underperformers, I think we thought NAU might show some fight this year. They haven't. But the biggest underperformer, and it's it's early, and I could be totally wrong after this week, is Cal Poly. I mean, the fact that we had people in the Big Sky Podcast Network are still ranking them. Some people had them as high as third or fourth. And... People, they held constant at like five to six the whole time without even playing a game. And then they show up and now everybody has them at last. I think that's underperforming. <laughs> I was harsh on them this week. I don't know if I'm considering them last, but I don't know. I I, I would say Cal Poly so far underperformed, They but they have more time. But overperformed Southern Utah, they... Like you said, they have fight, which is something everybody thought they should just roll over and not, not even show up to any of their games. All right. Uh, that was Around the Bar brought to you by Hughes River Expeditions. Hughes River Expeditions. If you're looking for a great all-inclusive week-long vacation, don't look past your backyard. Venture into the largest protected wilderness in the continental United States located right here in the great state of Idaho. 
Enjoy a multi-day trip down the Middle Fork of the Salmon, the main Salmon River of No Return, Salmon River Canyons, or the Selway. You can even go check out special trips like the one to see the Purrside Meteor Shower, camp on pristine beaches, run an amazing whitewater hike, scenic trails, spot wildlife, soak in beautiful natural hot springs, take in history all along the river's edge, and fish some of the most remote stretches of river in the entire country. You just bring your clothes and let HRE handle the rest. Hughes River Expeditions has been vandal-owned and operated since 1976 and ready to take you on the vacation of a lifetime. What are you waiting for? Find out what it's like to grab a paddle, catch dinner, and ride the bull all throughout the Gem State. Call them now at 800-262-1882 or check them out at HughesRiver.com. Uh, watching the TV, real quick one, boys. Uh, there's one game this week, UC Davis at Cal Poly. But before we get into it, I held myself to my promise. I tallied them up here. Um, in first place, we have Dallas Hammer, who is 8-1. and one. Congratulations, Dallas. You're in the lead. Uh, I am hot on your tails at 7-2. and two. Brian is in third, being 6-3. and three. And then Boatman picking against the spread is 5-4. and four. So we're all basically within one game. Whoa, we've got one game this week. Look at that. We'll go uh, last place first. So the first play, or no, first first place gets the first pick. So uh, Mr. Dallas. Uh, I've got UC Davis winning this 45-24. I think this is going to be a bloodbath early, much like the Cal Poly SUU game was. They'll be... They'll have put the game away at halftime, and then they're just going to run the ball the second half, and Cal Poly will get a couple garbage-time touchdowns and, and make it look like it was a three-touchdown game, but it's not going to be close. Uh, the next up would be me, huh? Um, yeah, I think it's going to be UC Davis, although I expect more fight out of Cal Poly. They started to look like they were clicking there at the end. I just don't think it's going to be enough to beat UC Davis, so UC Davis. Uh, Brian? I'm going to go UC Davis. I, I'm i still – Cal Poly to me is still intriguing. Last year you would never have gotten me to voluntarily throw them on the Pluto stream because of the triple option, but now I will check in to see how they're doing. I did last weekend. Another side note, just because Yolanzo uh, Gilliam for UC Davis is playing. Weird stat if you look at the Big Sky Conference rushing leaders, no one other than UC Davis is really giving their lead running back a heavy workload. Gilliam's averaging 22 carries a game. Next closest is about 15 per game. And after that trails off pretty quick. Yeah. Um, then the Alex Bo Boatman is just on the screen for those of you watching on YouTube. For those of you that aren't is taking UC Davis to cover 15. I don't like that spread at all. I, ooh. Bowman uh, went one for two last week. So after he bragged about making you money, would have lost you money last week. Um, Colton, who are you taking in this game? Dan and the boys. Aggies yeah. by 27. We've been a real creative bunch. Dallas <laughs> might have secured this thing just by picking Eastern and uh, um, UC Davis correctly. Because I think most of these games are chalked up to the favorites win and the non-favorites lose. Someone gets frisky with the Bengals. That could get interesting, I guess. Uh, corner stool takes everyone quick ramp. Ah, no, we're at an hour. Let's keep this thing under an hour. Um, closing the bar, Colton, you're probably the guest that's been on here the most, but if people want to find you, how can they find you? 
uh, Twitter at Clark Trib, and then just kind of roaming around Lewis and Moscow surrounding areas, uh, random sporting events, which I usually post a few times about. And then, yeah, Lewis and Tribune, just Lewis and Tribune, lmtribune.com, Lewis and Morning Tribune, I should say. But yeah, the, the, the reads are greatly appreciated. Um, I'm, I, I don't know how much you guys care about, like, really really random sports like you never know what you're gonna get like uh, for a byline from from me the next day because like i'm writing a story about a wazoo baseball player who transferred to lc and is now one of the best players in the nai that's what I, and then after that it's wazoo women's ncaa tournament coverage then it's hopefully back to vandal football and like next weekend, hopefully I'll have a feature or something for you on who, let me ask you guys this. What is a player or who is a player you're interested in, but don't know anything about on this year's Vandals team? Uh, ooh, Dylan Thick. Well, Beaudry's kind of the Dylan Thickpen. Really? Okay. I feel like he's been around, but I don't know anything about Yes. Him. Yeah. He had a lot of bad luck with injuries early on. Yeah. He's really actually a, a good success story. Also, Coleman Johnson would be a good one. Mm. You know, have you seen – has he been playing? I don't know. No, I, uh, I believe that. he got I think, hurt. Yeah. And so he's medically redshirting or something, um, sources say. Uh, <laughs> um, anyways, uh, I'm Chris Hammond. You can find me at – Chris underscore P underscore Hammond. You can find the professor Brian Marceau at Brian Marceau. That's M-A-R-C-E-A-U. You can find producer Dammer at Hammer Dallas. If you can't spell Hammer in Dallas, you graduate from Boise State. Uh, Idaho is not versus NAU next week. They're versus Southern Utah next week. So we'll hopefully be back uh, covering some football next week for you guys against the T-Birds. Um, anyways, yeah, it's now time for the best band in all the land. Sound of Idaho plays out. Go Vandals.